In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about biblical literacy. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with the University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Ambry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. Well, how are you doing, Josh? Kenny, I am thankful to report that after a, a couple of weeks of being under the weather, I am doing pretty good. So good. very happy about that. Very happy to be able to do this. Well, good. I am too. I, I think one of the things, again, one of the things that happened to me is I got busy again. It's it's one of those things where it, some people know, I've told a few people, the, the university where I work had a lot of layoffs. I was not affected by that, but that does not mean that I'm not, I'm not, uh, there's not some things that are going on around me that I don't have to take, uh, take care of. So that is completely my fault again. And I'm glad that we're able to restart this because this is something that's kind of important to me. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what you talked about last time. And really, the, the idea that you had behind this sermon was something called biblical literacy. What's the problem with not being biblically literate? And what does that even mean, Josh? Right. So the, the reason why we're talking about biblical literacy is because Brother Owen gave me a, a book recently, <clears throat> and it was about detailing a young man's journey to faith in the gospel and just kind of all the twists and turns in that um, different people who were teaching him different things and how he would believe one thing and then he'd believe something else and just trying to navigate to, well, what is the truth of the gospel and the truth of the Bible? And that, that can be increasingly confusing in our world and our society um, mm -hmm. that there are so many churches, so many different teachings, so many different doctrines. How do you, how do you decide and determine which one is which? Well, mm -hmm. Biblical literacy is extremely important in that, because if you don't know what the scriptures are saying, how could you know which doctrine and which teaching actually fits with, with scripture? So it's important for that reason, but even just looking at how the Bible presents itself, you know, again, we, we've talked about this verse numerous times before, Romans 10 and 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I made the point, if you want to focus on your biblical literacy, focus on the story of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that's so important is it's the story of the Bible that tells you about God. Right. It's the story of the Bible that tells you about God's faithfulness. And then it's the story of the Bible to, that then explains to you, here's what it means for you to be a follower of God. And if you can get the story straight, then when we get to the different commands and, and what we are told to do in our following God, it helps make a whole lot more sense than just, okay, let's go to Acts 2.38 or let's go to John 3.16 and here's, here's how you can know what to do to be saved. But if it's divorced of the context of the story of Scripture, which, which one do you do? What, which, are those two passages contrary to each other because mm -hmm. one only mentions belief and one mentions baptism? Uh, <laughs> that, that's why biblical uh, illiteracy is such a problem in our world. Yeah, I, I could not disagree with you there. How important is this? I mean, it isn't being a Christian just deepening your relationship with God. Why, why do we have to worry about reading Scripture? Isn't isn't Jesus a better felt than told experience, Josh? 
What kind of relationship do you have with your ancestors who are deceased and have been, you know, you never met, they were, they were dead to you, you know, generations before you lived. <laughs> well, the only thing that I know about them is what I hear in stories from, from other okay. people who might have found that known them or right. reading something about them. What kind of relationship do you have with your dad? Uh, <laughs> a very good one. But a complex one, a one well, that, that's that. Yeah, I get well, it. Well, you can go to therapy for that part. Uh, <laughs> but your 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 good relationships are based on the fact that there has been communication, there has been sharing, there has been knowledge given of the other person. Yes, Christianity is very much about your relationship with God. How are you going to have a relationship with God if you don't know who He is? Right. If you don't know what he's done for you, if you don't know what he's promised you. Mm-hmm. So the biblical literacy is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't have the relationship without knowing his mind. And, and that's the point that you know Paul makes in, in 1 Corinthians. We have the mind of God. It's right. been revealed. And we're revealing that to you so that you can also know the mind of God. Isn't there, because really one of the things that you're arguing for is reading the scripture, quite frankly, a lot. Uh, Could this become another idol? Could this become um, just one of those things that, that, that becomes a substitution for being a Christian, which is learning how to be a Christian? Do you see what I'm saying there? Absolutely. Um, I think what you're saying there is you want me to dust off the idolatry series and, and bring the ninth, <laughs> the ninth lesson, not not the seventeenth or thirty fourth lesson, as I have been right. accused by others. <laughs> <clears throat> there were only eight. <clears throat> anyway, absolutely. Um, I'm gearing up to teach Romans, uh-huh. and you and I have had discussions about really when you read any of Paul's letters, you need to have this this idea of the Jew Gentile relationship and what God was doing in the gospel and reconciling all kinds of people, not, not all right. individuals, but all kinds right. of people to himself. Okay. So when I'm going to be teaching Romans, I'm going to be dealing a lot with that because that's really the issue that the Jews were having in the days of Paul. We have the Torah, mm-hmm. we have the law, right? We have circumcision, the sign of the law. See, we are God's people. And they had substituted that for faith in Christ. Well, the same thing can happen with any number of things. Bible reading being one of them. Yeah. Look, I read the Bible. I read the Bible all the time. I read the Bible every day. Look how godly I am. Mm-hmm. I'm saved. <laughs> no, the, the Bible and Bible reading is the means by which I come to understand God, and I come to understand God's will for me. So the Bible reading is absolutely essential and necessary, or, or teaching and understanding however you, everyone, you know, because again, you're looking at the gospel, we're talking about people who probably didn't actually get to read the Bible themselves very much okay. at all, but okay. they were told and they were taught the will and the ways of God. Uh, so it's not just a matter of reading something on the page. Right. Um, but coming to understand that will is absolutely necessary, but 
only because that's what tells me about God, tells me God's will for me, and why I should have faith in Him and what having faith in Him looks like. That's right. I, I think <clears throat> the thinking behind the question was this, is, is that there are some awfully good things that, that you, you, with all good intentions, you accidentally put in place of God. Bible reading being one of them. Bible reading is an awfully, awfully good thing to do. But when you, just like you're talking about, and, and, and the problem with, with the, Israel, the Israelites, they thought knowledge about God was the same thing as having a relationship with him. And that's why Jesus was, was rejected by the people who were the smartest in the law at the time. They they did they rejected they rejected God while they were studying His Word. Do you see what I'm saying there? I absolutely see. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a high class problem to have, but it is a problem. Yeah, they had made the law an idol, and, and as Jesus Himself pointed out to them, you read Moses because you think there's your salvation, and Moses was speaking of me. Right. So yeah, you're reading the law all the time, and you miss the point of what the law was saying. You didn't really address this, but it is something that I, I think is is worth hashing out. Maybe it's not. I mean, you're welcome to to blow this question off, but uh, you didn't really address the difference between laws and rituals and traditions. What is that difference? Because I think for many of us, it's hard for us to differentiate what the law is versus a ritual and a tradition. You see what I'm saying? So I I think I do. And I'll, I'll answer the question. I may not, you know, again, I can know the mind of God because God has revealed it. Do I know the mind of Kenny? Mm, (laughs) No. Uh, Okay. So I'm going to go back to kind of where we were talking a little bit ago on this. The, the Jews of the first century had very much made the law, and I'll use capital L there in law, so right. the law of God, and made it a ritual or tradition. And in that sense, they had made it, this is what we will pass down to our um, descendants. Right. And this is what will differentiate them as the people of God. So, right. so long as they have the law, they have the sign of the law, and they are they are following this, then they are the people of God. Right. Okay. Well, again, the point and purpose of the law that the New Testament writers go on to describe is the law was actually showing you how sinful you were and why you needed a redeemer. Right. And so the law was pointing you to Christ. Right. If you had accepted the law for what it was, again, God's revelation telling you about God, telling you things about yourself, then you would have looked for the conclusion of the story, which was, of course, Christ. Now, again, same thing for us. We can look at different laws or commands um, that you would find in New Testament scripture, the command for baptism being certainly one. We can say to subsequent generations, yes, you must be baptized to have your sins forgiven. That is found in God's will. But if it only becomes a ritual or tradition, see, here is what defines us. This is what defines us from everybody else. We we baptize. Mm-hmm. Well, you're doing something that God has commanded. 
Right. But you may very well be doing something not for the reasons why God commanded it. It's not the actual fulfillment of God's will. It's just now, here's what we do because it's who we are. Yes. Um, I don't think I knew what you were going for, though. <laughs> no, I, I'll go ahead and tell you. I, th- I think when it comes to, when you look at the law, you have to, number one, interpret it, and then you need to apply it. And when you apply the law, the way you apply it, I mean, you could. we do this all the time when we talk about what does a Sunday morning service look like for us? And and where in the where in the New Testament are you going to find? Okay, we had, and Jesus said, make sure you start off with the beginning announcements, and thou shalt not have uh, more than three songs before the the Lord's Supper. And the Lord's yeah, look, I mean, is there anything wrong with the way the way that we do it? No, but is there any way? Could you do exactly the same thing a dozen different ways, two dozen different ways? Yeah, but I'll go ahead and tell you what. <laughs> When I go to a, a different congregation someplace else, my first impulse is, you know, they don't do it like we do. They're doing it wrong. And they're not. No. <laughs> and I, I, this is, you know, this may very well be a discussion for a different lesson uh, make more sense. If we deny that we have traditions, then we are we are fooling ourselves. Yes. Traditions are very much simply things passed down. The gospel itself is described in that traditional manner. Paul will say, I received, I then passed down. And right. you're supposed to pass this down too. That is the language of tradition. There are things about our assembly that, yes, while we say, okay, this is a way of, of fulfilling the command of God, yet there may be 10, 20 different ways of fulfilling that same command. Right. We do something and we keep doing it. That is a tradition. Right. It's not wrong, right, and different. I mean, it's, it's wrong if it violates the, the will of God. But, I mean, your tradition as opposed to someone else's tradition. I mean, we, we have gone through this in the last couple of years where— had there ever been a Sunday at University Congregation where we didn't pass out trays with the Lord's Supper? No. And then COVID hit, and we're not passing out trays still. We may in the future. We may not. I don't know. Right. But we're doing something different. We we stopped a tradition. Right. We're still fulfilling the the command to observe the Lord's Supper, but we, we're doing it in a different way. So... There are certainly differences between God's laws and our traditions, and we need to own that and accept that. Yeah, and I think that's what the, the when Jesus came, he was he was basically, in my in my opinion, condemning a lot of traditions mm-hmm. that that had superseded the the law of God, and and so I I think that there's an old saying, comfort is is the is the enemy of 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 growth. And sometimes I think it's we can get awfully comfortable without questioning, and so maybe sometimes we just need to question again to see if we're if we're actually growing or not. Um, really, what you did was you, you talked, and I thought this was really smart because when you look at Christianity, it is a story, and you you ended by talking about the narrative of Christianity, the story of Jesus. 
how well-versed do we need to be in that story? And why, why is it a, a smart thing to think of it as a story? I sometimes say to people, if, if, you're, not, if you're not in the practice of, of reading the Scripture, start with the Gospel. And that may be the wrong thing. I mean, uh, maybe you should start in Genesis, and maybe you should go through at least, you know, the Kings or something like that, and then, and then go to the Gospel. No, I think you're right, but go ahead. When, when Paul went out preaching, again, he put it in the context of story. I'm going I'm to tell you part of the Old Testament story, and here's what God was doing with Israel. But then I'm going to get to the story of Christ. And here's how Christ fulfilled that. And here's what Christ has done for us. Um, very much, and, and we've said this before, when you're reading the letters in the New Testament, you're reading commentary on the story. Yeah, It's taking us back. Here is something from the life of Christ, from the, the person of Christ, from the character of God in Christ. And we need to make some application of that. But if you don't mm-hmm. know the story, the application makes no sense. So you've got to start with the story. You've got to you've got to start with who Jesus is, what he did, his character, and, and only then does does the rest of the commentary make any sense. Yeah, I think was it the Ethiopian eunuch where he says he he talked to him, he he preached to him Jesus. I, is that where it is? I can't remember. That's an. I know that's an Acts, but I can't remember exactly which which chapter in Acts that is. But but if you teach the story of Jesus, really everything important gets revealed. Uh, it's kind of like how Genesis doesn't start with "Is there a God?" Genesis starts with God. Mm-hmm. So some of the arguments that you have to have beforehand aren't in the narrative. But really, when you start thinking about what's the most important story that you can tell, it is Jesus. Is there a God? That comes up in the story of Jesus. Is there a resurrection? That comes up in the story of Jesus. Do people sin? That comes up in the story of Jesus. Do we have hope? That comes every single thing that's important happens because there's the story of Jesus. And really, one of the I think this is Wes McAdams, another buddy of mine, talks about this: is how do you how do you figure into the story of Jesus? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and, that, and that we and we try to make this point on Sunday. You know, even in the invitation that I made, you you read Galatians three, and Paul is saying the story that you know this part of the story that began with Abraham and God promising to Abraham, I'm going to bless all nations. I'm going to bless the Gentiles through you. Mm-hmm. Well. We're continuing the story. As many as are baptized into Christ, these are the children of Abraham. These are the the heirs of the promise. So the story, you know, we we look at the Bible, and you know, the temptation would be, okay, there's a completed story. No, it's an open ended story. Yeah, the story's not done yet. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, Josh, how much would, should we be reading our Bible? Well. That is an interesting question because the Bible does not even give you any kind of guideline on that. Mm-hmm. The Bible emphasizes the the value of Scripture and the transform the transformative quality of Scripture. The Bible also speaks about meditating on the Word of God. Yeah, and so the actual answer to your question may not be you need to read more. The answer to your question may be. You need to think about what you've read more. You need yeah. to contemplate the story of what you've read and, and what it's saying about God and about you. 
So that's that's a question everybody's going to have to answer for themselves. If you're not reading, absolutely, you need to start reading. You need to have some kind of defined goal that is achievable for you. And, and reading the Bible in a year may not be it. Right. Uh, again, if even if it's just reading the Gospels this year, do that. Um, but then meditate. Think about think about what you've read and and ponder how it is that you can you can enact that in your life as you're living out the story. You know, that that's probably the better answer for you. Yeah. And see, see if you agree with this, because I mean, the argument that you're making throughout this entire, throughout this entire uh, idea is the Bible is basically establishing your relationship with God. How much do you need to talk to your wife? How much do you need to talk to your kids? Right. Look, depending on what's going on at house at the house, that answer changes. And, you know, having a lifelong relationship with a person, it waxes and wanes. There's sometimes when you have to spend a lot more time with one another. And there's sometimes when you when you you don't have to spend as much time. But that doesn't mean if you're gonna have them in your life that you don't spend some time. Yeah. And and uh the the Bible is a is a document that helps you understand and establish and maintain a relationship. And by the way, you, you will have a relationship with that text for the rest of your life. Figure out what that relationship should look like. Does that make yeah. sense? No, but again, this is, if this is God's self revelation, how much do you need to know him? <laughs> and how much do you need to think about it? And how yeah. much do you, yeah. And I think the meditation part on that, equally as important and sometimes more. Okay, Josh, what are you going to be talking about next time? Definitely not a series. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, good. No. So th- again, this biblical literacy topic uh-huh. is in the context of what are some of the obstacles for someone coming to know the truth of the gospel? And biblical literacy is one. Yeah. And, and I use Galatians 1 uh, to to kind of amplify that, we're going to stay in Galatians, but we're going to kind of switch you know modes here. How do you know what's right? Where in the context of Galatians, it would be okay. You're being influenced by different teachers. Paul has presented the gospel. Now there's other teachers who are saying something else. Well, for someone right. in our culture, in our world, it's churches. It's not. It, yes, it is teachers. It is doctrines. But all those are are housed in different churches, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. How do you navigate that? What, what, are the, what are the guiding principles that we can find? And again, we'll use Galatians. What are, what are some of the principles we can find that help us answer that? You know, how am I going to find truth when there's so many different options out there? That sounds good. So we're looking for the second installment of this No, series. no, what? What? <laughs> Stand, what? Stop. Josh, either way, I look forward to hearing it. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. The sermon we referenced in this episode is in the show notes. We have all our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.